Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Tim Dixon, and I'm the associate pastor for Project RE3. And uh, if you've been following along with us the last few weeks, uh, we've been doing this I Am series. Because if you look at the life of Jesus that he spent on the earth, he didn't just come to save us. If you look, he, he, he actually came to give us this, this image and this picture of, of, of who the Father really is. I mean, even, even Paul said that, that Jesus is the image of our invisible God. And so you know, he, he spent his 33 years on the earth living in a way to put the love and the power and, and the kindness of the Father on, on full display. But then every once in a while, he would just be on the nose and to say these very pointed statements and say, I am. And, and, and sometimes he would say things like, I am the good shepherd, you know, or, you know, I am the vine, or I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know, and, and sometimes they, they, they seemed a little more cryptic. And other times, like the phrase we're going to talk about this week, um, it seems very simple. So I'm going to give, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture we're going to be talking about this week, and I'm going to open us in prayer, and we're going to go ahead and dive straight in. So this week, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. And what it says is, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are not bound by um, time. You're not bound um, by distance. That whether someone is listening, listening to this um, from Europe or from Walkertown or whether they're listening to it on the day I'm recording it or two years from now, Lord, that you are still working through your word. And Lord, I pray that um, this message, that the words you have me speak would be timely for whoever is hearing them that this uh, message would bring hope, this message would infuse faith and bring strength, and that it would point hearts towards you, Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, um, that you are the God of all, and you're the God who goes through all time. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so the nice thing about this one is we all know what a gate is. You know, we, we, we may or may not have any experience with shepherds, but we all know what a gate is. And, and regardless of what mental image pops, pops into your mind, whenever you think of, an, of a gate, I think we all can agree that a gate really comes down to it's a way through. Whatever the obstruction is, whatever the, ba the barrier is, whatever the opposition is, a gate is a way through. Jesus promised that whoever enters through him would be saved. And yes, I don't, you know, we are talking about the eternal heaven kind of saving. But it's also so much more than that. Jesus wasn't just interested in saving us from a future hell. But Jesus was also interested in meeting our needs now because he, there are also times when we need saving from a very present hell that we're in right now. And I would imagine that given everything that's going on in the world, I imagine many of you are looking for a way through a very present hell right now. And so Jesus isn't just interested in meeting our needs for eternity. He wants to meet our needs now. I mean, look at 
Moses, who is leading the Israelites out of Egypt, being pursued by Pharaoh and his army, and they come to the Red Sea, and they're cornered. And then Moses slams his staff down, and then the waters part, and they have a way through the Red Sea into safety. Or look at Elijah, who, who runs to the mountains, seeking refuge and safety from the wrath of, of King Ahab and Jezebel, and he's hiding in a cave, and he's brought food morning and night by ravens. Or even think about Paul, who's been captured by the Romans, and he's in jail, and, and he's singing, and just the sound of his singing throws all the prison doors open. Jesus has this way of giving us, getting us through very natural opposition, standing in front of us in supernatural ways. But the question is, what are you looking for? Are you expecting God to come through for you when you need him? Or are you expecting to be disappointed? Are you expecting to continue to bump up against that opposition? In the book of Genesis chapter 21, Hagar is traveling in the desert with her son Ishmael. They're about to die of thirst, and she's given up hope when God speaks to her, and when she lifts up her eyes, she sees a well of water. Was the well always there? Or did God put the well there? But I don't think it really matters. Because the point is, is if she never lifted her head up to look in the first place, then she never would have seen the well no matter what. Jesus loves to hide opportunities in crisis because it's the last place people tend to look for it. And because typically people who are looking have to borrow hope and faith from him to have the strength to look there. After all, Jesus promises that if we go in and out through him, we will find pasture. Maybe you don't need a way through. Maybe you're already saved. Maybe a gate isn't just a way through. A gate can also be a boundary marker. Think about it when, when we were kids and when we played outside. You knew that if you ran in the house with your feet muddy, you were going to get it from your parents. It was not okay to run in the house with muddy feet. When we think about the stories in the gospel, Jesus was so inclusive. People would just walk up to him and ask if they could follow him, and he would welcome them. Or he would walk up to them and invite them to come and follow him. But there are a few stories of people who got kind of a different answer. Mark chapter 10 tells a story of a rich young man who approached Jesus and asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus' response was that he needed to sell all of his possessions to the poor, and then go and follow him. The other story was in, see, in Luke chapter 9 of a man who wanted to follow Jesus but needed to first bury his father. And Jesus' response was that the dead need to bury their own. And then finally, there's a, there's a story in the same chapter of a man who wanted to follow Jesus but wanted to say goodbye to his family and friends. And Jesus told him that anyone who put his hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus has nothing against wealth or funerals, and we know that he loves family and friends. But we have to remember that Jesus has a sort of prophetic precision when it comes to reading people and knowing their hearts. So we, I have to believe that there's more context in these stories that we don't know about. But the truth is, Jesus is standing at the gate right now. 
And for some of us, he's saying that we need to take our muddy shoes off before we can come in. Now, I do want to clarify, I'm not talking about salvation. Jesus will not stand in your way and prevent you from accepting his gift of salvation. Romans 10.9 says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But if you want to cash in on that second part of the promise of the gate where Jesus came to bring life to the fullest, Jesus is going to invite you to let go of some things. And as a side note, that, that word that Paul used in Romans 10.9 where he says that you will be saved if you declare Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead in your heart. The word saved in the Greek, sozo, is the same word that Jesus used in John 10.9 where he says that whoever enters through me will be saved. That word sozo in the Greek means healed, saved, and delivered. So yes, if you, declare in your, if, you, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But maybe you're already saved, and you're looking for breakthrough in some other areas. Maybe you're looking for a way through in, in, in some other areas of your life. Maybe you're stuck in some other place in your life. Maybe you still need to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Because there's something about declaring that, there's something about confessing that, that opens us up to the possibility that God is, a, God is, God can do more than we can that God is capable of doing more through us than we can do by ourselves. And sometimes declaring that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead is what we need to open ourselves up to that. Jim Collins in his classic book, Good to Great, said that good is the enemy of great. Jesus didn't promise to give us a half-decent life. He promised us life to the fullest, which means a lot of the things that he may ask you to give up seem perfectly good. But that just means that he has more for you. So I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you're stuck and looking for a way through to green pasture. I pray that you see the way that Jesus is opening for you right now and the opportunities he's sending your way. And maybe, maybe you just need to declare right now verbally that Jesus is Lord and that you need to believe that God raised him from the dead and know that he is capable of much more through you than you are by yourself. Maybe you're at the gate, but you know that Jesus is standing there telling you that there's something you can't bring inside. And maybe that there's something in your life you know is toxic and harmful, and, and you know that that's something that Jesus is, is wanting you to let go of. But maybe it's something that seems innocent enough. All I'm going to say is some of the biggest blessings in my life felt like a loss at the time. But my life is so much fuller for losing it. But not only does crisis bring opportunity, but it also brings clarity. Things that were confusing a month ago probably seem crystal clear now. I pray that you look back on this crisis and see it as the best thing that ever happened to you. And if you've never called on the name of the Lord 
and you're not sure where you'll spend eternity, I pray that you'll know that Jesus is waiting eagerly to hear from you, and that door is already open to you. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are the door. You are the door to all things good. You are the door to every opportunity. You are the door to all potential. You are the door to our salvation. And I thank you that you are open to all people. I thank you that your grace is available to all people. I pray that you would open eyes, that you would lift heads to the possibilities that are out there, even at this time, even at the time when, when people are losing jobs and, and, and that there's fear in our, in, in our society right now. I pray that you would open eyes to everything that you're doing right now. I pray that you would open ears to what you're saying, that people could lean in and know what's going on. And I pray that you would just infuse us with your faith and with your hope that would give us strength to lean in to the hard stuff, to let go of the things that you're calling us to let go of so that we can make room in our lives for you to fill us with life to the fullest. Jesus, help us to cash in on your promises that if we enter in through you, if we, if we walk and lean into you, you will let us go into green pastures and you will give us the fullness of life. Help us to cash in on those promises and draw near to us, Lord. It's in your name we pray, amen.